Well, I hope everybody had a good, happy Thanksgiving and they didn't eat too much. And whatever you did eat, hopefully you ate something out of your garden, be it you grew it in spring, summer, or even fall. A little bit of frozen food or canned food or even fresh, uh, cool weather vegetables, unless you're lucky enough to live in a warm climate. Uh, We personally had broccoli out of our garden and then we were... Well, it's unfortunate that there was a romaine recall again over Thanksgiving, which is surprising to me that it happens over Thanksgiving, but uh, we have romaine growing in our garden, so we were able to eat that as well. So I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving, and I apologize for not having this podcast out sooner, but I've had a cold for the past two weeks, and I seem to be over it. We might have to hit the cough button a few times, but... Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie. A story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. So just a few things to get started, a little bit of housekeeping. And I want to extend a personal thank you to everybody that's listening and supporting our podcast and the people that also support our movie that we are uh, filming right now. Um, I'm humbled by the amount of people all over the world that are joining and listening and participating with us. And I thank you so much. Uh, it's very, very happy, makes me very happy to see people that are really interested into gardening, uh, the same way that I am. And it doesn't surprise me. Gardening is very special for people. So, um, I just want to say thank you and I appreciate everybody's following. Um, we are going to be doing a spreed, Uh, excuse me, a spring seed giveaway running through the podcast. And um, what it is, is it's going to be about five or six packets of seeds, cool weather seeds to kind of get you going for the spring. Um, And they've been provided to us by a great company called San Diego Seed Company. Um, They've been supporting our movie and everything that we've done. And um, they're, they're a great company. They're a small organic seed company and it's family run and uh let's see san diego of all places and they have over 120 varieties of seeds and they guarantee them to grow great and we've been growing them throughout our movie and in my own personal garden and they really do produce good seeds so um if you want to give them some love that's san diego seed company and they're on instagram and facebook and they have a website and just check them out they're actually right now doing a fundraiser uh, campaign to get new seed packet designs. So if you go to their Instagram or even my Instagram, I'll be posting stuff for them. Um, you can check them out and maybe you can con- contribute to them. But for the seed giveaway, what we're going to do is we have on our website, backyardgardensthemovie.com, we have an, a subscription portion, which is where you just put in your email address and we will send out um, updates for of the production of the movie. And once we get enough subscribers, 
we will be sending out PDFs of tips to give out for certain times of the year to grow, um, to help you be more successful in your garden, help you learn to grow. So if you, all you have to do to enter is just go to our, um, website, backyardgardensthemovie.com and just subscribe to our email list. We don't send out any junk mail. Um, we don't know how to sell your email address. I, I don't do that. And I don't, honestly, I don't know how to do it because there's nothing worse than getting junk email, but it's just kind of a way to keep in touch and to kind of give you personal updates where if we don't cover something on the podcast, we still have a way to get it out to the people who are really engaged in our content and support what we do. So just go out to there, um, to backyardgardensthemovie.com and you sign up and you'll be entered to win the uh, seed packets. And like I said, it'll be about five or six different varieties of cool weather vegetables that can kind of get you going for the spring. So save you a couple bucks and get you happily growing and make everybody happy. So if you want to do that, that'd be great. Um, we'll be running it probably through December and most of January. We don't have a hard cutoff date, but I will give you one on uh, the next podcast or two. We want to make sure that we get enough people to sign up. And we have a lot of seeds. Uh, San Diego Seed Company is one of the companies, and they're, they've been giving us the most. And we are very appreciative for what they do. And we try and get those out to everybody. And we will be running them later on throughout the year. But this one is a big one to do uh, just so we can kind of, like I said, get you going. And if you want to try and start seeds inside your house, these are a good opportunity to kind of extend your gardening season and try out something new. And the other thing that we have going on, which isn't uh, backyard gardens related, but it is related is we have a miniature or not a miniature, a short documentary we did on a gentleman that lives near me and he is a professional Santa Claus. Um, it's going to be on Amazon Prime and YouTube. It's going to be called uh, Portrait of a Santa Claus, and it should be out within the next week. If you want to check that out, that'd be great. Um, this guy is in the spirit of Christmas 365. He is, at first when I sat down with him, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I knew he was a guy that dressed like Santa Claus, but after I sat down and talked with him for a couple hours, I truly do believe that he is an embodiment of Santa Claus. Like he takes it personal and he goes to the next level to bring that Christmas spirit to people, not just in the month of December, but throughout the year. And he's a genuinely nice guy. So if you want to check that out, um, that'd be great. It's called a portrait of a Santa Claus and it's going to be on Amazon prime and YouTube as of right now, hopefully other places, but we'll give you updates on that. So for today's show, I want to talk about gifts for people that are into gardening. It's a loaded topic. I mean, do you really want to get a shovel for Christmas? Some people don't. But if you know a gardener in your life or you're you yourself, we always need something to help us garden. Maybe your tool broke. Maybe you want to spruce up your garden or extend your season or you know, just anything to kind of help you garden. So these are some gift ideas for um, the garden in your life, the gardener in your life that you love. Uh, we I broke it down into seven categories. And the first one I'm going to talk about are books. You know, those 
those paper things that people don't really read anymore. Um, a lot of times we look for videos and stuff, but in the wintertime, especially when you can't go out and do a lot of gardening, it's a good time to brush up on your skills. So um, I've kind of gone through and picked a couple books out that I'm going to talk about briefly, and then I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes as much as it'll let me. So you can go and they'll all be on Amazon. So you can go and check them out and buy them if you'd like. Um, first of all, when you go to books, I personally recommend buying used books. They're a lot cheaper. So you can get more books than if you bought one brand new book. You might be able to get two or three used books. They might be a little worn, but it's that's how I save money. And the first one I want to talk about is um, Raised Bed Gardening for Beginners. It's just a basic book that'll kind of get you going to a raised bed gardening. So it talks about a lot of things from how to build your garden to how to water it. Um, trying to find the table of contents here, planning your garden, building the structures and then adding the soil kind of what you need to think about when you go to add soil and then planting. And then it'll go into growing and harvesting and different plant profiles and stuff like that. So if you're going to be, raised bed gardening. I think this is a great opportunity to learn a little bit more. I mean, you can watch videos and you can even listen to my podcast, but sometimes it's nice to have that reference material right in front of you where you can kind of flip back and forth and go. If you have a question, you can go straight to it. And then the next one I have, it's, I actually haven't looked at this one yet. It's on my Christmas list. So if anybody wants to be so generous to, uh, send it to me, that'd be great. I'm just joking, but it is on my Christmas list and it's the week by week vegetable gardener's handbook, making the most out of your growing season. And it's a spiral brown notebook. Um, And it goes through, from what I understand, it looks like it goes through week by week and talks about different tasks that you should do and timing your garden out. And it's a reasonably priced book. You can get it brand new for $13 or you can get it used for like five bucks. So like I said, I, I ask, hope people buy the used one, but I mean, I'll take a new one. It doesn't matter, but it goes down into, um, you know, fertilizing and see the cover of it has it broken down. Trying to read here after the last frost. And then it kind of goes through into working your soil Um, harvesting different vegetables, planting, enriching your soil, nitrogen, um, even goes into talking about a mini creating a mini root cellar by sinking a trash can into the ground, which is something I've never thought of, which would be interesting. Um, starting seeds inside and then using manure and radishes and all that stuff. So it looks like it's a pretty interesting, but it looks to me, um, from what I can tell, It's mostly a reference book, which is what I like because I don't really read these cover to cover. Um, I might, you know, read a section and then again, reference it, go back to it and kind of learn different things. And over the winter time, you start like right now is a good time for me because it's not, it's not hot out. So you're not growing necessarily. So what I'm doing is I'm right now I'm taking a break. And then after the new year, I get through and then I start to get antsy because, you know, the holiday seasons are over. You don't have to visit family or do anything. 
So things start to get, I start to get antsy and that's when I start wanting to read something and learn and start planning my garden. I tend to over plan and then underperform, which is not good, but that's kind of how I do it. So maybe this year I can plan a little bit less, but perform a little bit better. But I, I think this book will help me because if it's broken down week by week, like it says, then I can go through and say, okay, this week I need to do this and that and help me keep me a little bit more organized, take some of the guesswork out of it. So that's always a good, um, good thing to do is, you know, taking the guesswork is always great. And then the book that I live by, and I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to continue to mention it is starter vegetable gardens, 24 no fail plans for small organic gardens. Um, this book is great. I've read it multiple times. I reference it every year. It goes through and it tells you how to design a garden, be it your backyard, your front yard, how to really start a garden and make it successful. If you are patient and you want to do it like the right way, then this will help walk you through it. It talks about starting seeds, composting, manure, gives you all the different plant profiles of stuff you can grow. And then it gives you gardening plans. So let's say you want to grow a garden that is just for making tomato sauce. Well, then it'll give you this garden plan and gives you the square footage, the design and everything and tells you what you need to plant in that garden. So you can say, this is my tomato sauce garden. This is my salsa garden and so on and so forth. And then it'll break it down for you. And I think, I mean, it's an ingenious way to think about it personally, because not everybody wants to grow food just to eat. Some people want to have like a goal. So it's like we talked about in our canning episode. Like if I grow, if I make tomato sauce, that saves me $5 at the store because you can get a lot of tomatoes. So $5 at the store, I mean, that's a lot. So maybe I just want to grow that. Maybe, you know, I mean, she has something in there called the, uh, I have to remember off the top of my head. I think it's called the food factory plan. And I mean, this thing tells you how to pump out some vegetables and when and how to, uh, rotate your crops. So once your cool weather crops start or stop producing, then you plant your warm weather crops. And once they start, get ready to stop producing, then you, you put this in. So, you know, you might put start with kale and I'm just using this off the top of my head. I don't even know if this is correct, but then you would go to tomatoes and then maybe you would go into lettuce. And then after that you could plant garlic. So really it gives you a plan on how to plant something all year long in your garden within reason. So that's a good way to do it. And it keeps you in touch with everything. And this was how, like I said, I still use it and I go by, I go through it every year. And I might switch things up and just practice different techniques and stuff like that. So, but those are the three book ideas that I would give. And I think it's a great thing to get for winter because one thing about Christmas that I never liked is like, for me, I live in the South. So Christmas falls in December and then I get something that I can't really use until spring. So, it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that's great. And I really appreciate it. But at the same time, I'd like to use some of the stuff that I get. So this is one of those things that could help you with that. And the next thing that'll go directly into that would be seed starting. So anything to help start seeds. 
Uh, you can go on and all the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, you can get on Amazon. You just check that out. But seed starting kits, you can get anything from an all-in-one kit that's literally a small greenhouse with the um, peat pellets in it. And the one I'm looking at in particular, it starts 50 plants and it's $15. So it's a great way to get started. You would obviously need a little bit more once they got big, but it gives you a place to go because they don't grow overnight. So it'll kind of give you a place to keep it contained and keep it growing. And then you can get like heat mats to help keep the soil warm so it'll germinate faster or better. If you wanted to do a different route and make deep pots to right away, deeper seed starting trays, you can get the individual cells like you get at uh, Lowe's when you, or not, or, you know, any kind of home improvement store where you buy your, um, your seedlings, you can get, you can buy those in bulk. So then you have those. I save those, but I still don't use them all the time. I use, sometimes I start with these seed starting trays and then go move up. Indoor lights. I mean, we talked about how you can use a light, but if you wanted to get like a legit like LED light or something, that's a great opportunity. And they've come down in price a lot too. I've seen them for as cheap as I have one that's like 15 bucks and it works okay. And then I, you can get them as high as 500. You don't have to get the super top of the line for what you're doing, but just whatever you're comfortable with, you know, you can use T5 bulbs which are the long fluorescent bulbs, LEDs, which is what I'm trying to switch over to LEDs, but you can use incandescent bulbs if you really had to, but you know, anything like that you can use. And I think that's a great idea too, because again, it gets you started in the growing season even earlier. And then you can always buy seeds. What is better than giving somebody some seeds for Christmas? You, you might know that they particularly like a certain vegetable, and then you can go out and get the seeds and they can have those to grow. Or you can just go to our website and sign up for the contest. Just saying. And then you can go into like, let's say you don't really want to start seeds inside. You want to grow like straight vegetables inside. You can get um, indoor tabletop gardens to put in your house, like a tabletop garden. And there's one that my family uses. I don't personally use it. But they use the Aero Garden. It's a little bit more expensive and you have to buy like seed pods. And I mean, I'm sure you could find a way not to buy seed pods and just put regular seeds in. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I've seen it grow. And they really do produce some vegetables. It's crazy. My grandmother, my granny, who's in our um, movie, she is 92, I believe. And she has an Aero Garden and she's growing right now. In December, she's growing cherry tomatoes in her house. So she's and she's getting tomatoes and eating them. She's she grew up on a farm. She's grown vegetables her whole life. When she was younger, if she didn't eat, if she didn't grow, she didn't eat. But now she feels like she's a little too old to go outside and work in the heat. And she wants to continue to grow something and keep that going throughout her life. So she has this arrow garden in her window, and it's a, it's a hydroponic garden. If I'm not mistaken, let me click on it. Yeah, it's a hydroponic garden. So it grows in water with no soil, no mess. And if you buy the kits, um, I think it's $100. And it comes with basil, parsley, dill, thyme, mint, and then uh, plant food. 
And I'm sure I know my mom, she grows lettuce in hers and my granny grows tomatoes in hers. So, I mean, you can have like a small salad growing in your windowsill, you know, um, it's a hundred bucks, so it's not cheap, but it looks really cool. And I've heard so many people talk about it. It's crazy. Uh, like I said, my whole family loves it. I have some friends who do it. So that's a good thing to do. And it, again, it keeps you growing throughout the winter, keeps you growing all year long, which I mean, you can't complain about that. So, uh, you can check that one out. That's the arrow garden. And I will put that in the show notes as well, in case you were curious about it. And then kind of moving out of stuff that will help you through the winter, then you can go into uh, like tools. Who doesn't need a new trowel? I personally broke mine last year, so I'm in the market for a new trowel. Um, clippers. We uh, There's a particular brand I use. I've, I use a Friskars. I believe I'm saying that right, but they're, they're like a scissor, but you can, they're on like a, the hinge for the scissor comes off so I can like wipe them off and clean them at the end of the year and get all that like plant gunk and stuff that builds up on them, get that out. So they, they actually lasted me. I've had them for like five years now. I spent like 10 bucks on them. I mean, what a great gift is that something that doesn't like crap out on you. That's designed for you to clean up. Now, it's not spring-loaded or anything, so some stuff, like, is not as easy, but you can get something like that, or, you know, and then if you're growing something that has, like, a thicker stock, you might want to get something that's spring-loaded. Like, when I grow my okra, sometimes it'll get, um, they grow so fast that I have to, the stock, not the stock, but the stem on the okra fruit will get so thick that I can't cut it with that, so I use a spring-loaded clippers for that so that's a I, I think that's a good idea too um i mean you can get like tool pouches and stuff if you really want that to carry around your uh your tools on that's not really my thing i don't really walk around with a tool belt tool tool pouch on i don't like it but some people do i know if you have like a really big garden i mean if you were gonna go out and say today's the day that i'm gonna make my garden right and I'm going to trim it up and do it up. And then you might want something like that. But they have a, I think I saw a tool belt for like, again, it was like 15 bucks. And there was, there's a couple, but this one in particular had like a spot for like little clippers and then big clippers. And for some reason it had a pen holder on it. Cause I'm not usually like when I'm dirty, I'm not taking notes. That's could be something for you. And they have them all different sizes. So that's a good option to have too. Uh, if somebody, you know, maybe like a, I don't want to say a gear junkie, but somebody who's like really into like gadgets and stuff like that. I mean, that's a good option. Any kind of uh, a garden seat. So I have been using a five, a uh, five gallon bucket for my garden seat and it's okay. Um, getting a little bit older now and I'd like to have a little bit more cushion. So I'm kind of in the market for a new garden seat, but you know, five gallon bucket is a good option, but they make five gallon buckets with like seats on them and stuff like that. And there's like specific, um, one of them kind of combines it in both. And I got it for my mom a couple years ago. It was a stool that folded out. And then when it folded out, a little pouch came out of the bottom where you could put your tools and stuff like that. And she loved it. She's got a big, um, she's a big flower gardener. 
So she's always out there trimming and doing different stuff and having all her tools accessible to her. It's uh, she, she found it very valuable. So, and I think I spent probably 20 bucks on it. And there was another one that was actually a five gallon bucket that had like a sleeve you put on it. And you can try that too. I don't really like those because a sleeve usually falls down and I end up just picking all my tools up off the ground anyways. But that's always an option. And the last thing for tools, which I personally would think is the most important, is a good harvest basket. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Doesn't have to be, you know, super sturdy, depending on what they grow. But for your average gardener, just a good weaved basket can do a lot. It gives you somewhere that I can store my tool in, you know, my clippers or whatever. And then I can take it, go out in the garden, harvest, fill up my basket. And it's real easy because I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, harvest stuff out of your garden without a basket. But usually you end up like pulling up the bottom of your shirt and you're loading it up. And as you come in, you have like tomatoes falling out and green beans. And it's just a real nightmare. The only thing I would say that is different than from that is if you have a child. So like my son is five years old and we go out in the garden. And sometimes I go out there and just check a look every day in the afternoon. We'll go out and we'll look and just kind of see what needs to be picked and especially when cucumbers are really coming in hard. I will have him carry the cucumbers in, in his shirt. And he's so cute because he's small and his little legs are walking and he's got his shirt folded up. He can only keep like, you know, maybe I grow the pickling cucumbers. So they're small, maybe like four or five and they're falling out and he's picking them up. It's, it's really cute to watch. So I would say get the basket for yourself, but enjoy that time watching your child kind of, work with the garden and carry the vegetables. It's uh, it's precious. So the next category we'll get into are going to be protection. And what I mean from protection is um, hats. If you're a man like me and you, you happen to um, be bald, I, I keep my head pretty, uh, pretty shaved, then sun damage is a real thing. And hats are great. And it depends on what kind of hat you want. doesn't matter. Honestly, it's keep it off the top of your head and your face. Maybe there's a baseball cap. You know, the floppy sun hats are good. I've got a wide brim hat um, made by a surf company that I wear that goes all the way around because I was tired of getting the back of my my neck burned. So a good hat, um, you know, they make specific gardening hats and I'll link to it in the show notes. But, you know, just a good hat and then shoes. Uh, I actually, when I garden, I'm generally barefoot. I like having the warm soil under my feet and feeling the grass and all that. But if you're going to wear shoes, get something that's easy to wash off. Uh, that's important. If I do wear shoes, generally it's like flip flops. So it's like super easy to wear off. But the only problem is my feet get real dirty. So then I have to scrub my feet, which like I said earlier, usually I'm barefoot. So either way, I got to scrub my feet, but they make gardening clogs that are good for that. And you can just take, you know, just rinse them off real quick and your feet stay nice and clean. And that's a really good thing to do. Sorry, my cat is knocking at the door. So you kind of keep your feet clean and protected and stuff like that. And then gloves, you know, protecting your hands. 
especially if you're going to go out and you're going to do like a lot of digging. Like I usually don't wear gloves like on a day to day, but in the springtime when I'm really going out there and working the soil and stuff, then I will uh, put gloves on so I don't get blisters and protect my hands. And it's always nice to have a pair around in case there's something icky out there you got to pick up. Um, you get used to picking up slugs and stuff with your bare hands, but sometimes you just want to be a little bit extra careful. So a good pair of gloves is good. And you can buy like multi-packs of gloves. So a lot of times what my wife and I will do is we'll buy like a three-pack and we'll put that in there so that people... So first of all, if one gets to, you know kind of messed up, you can toss them out and get another pair. And then we can kind of have a pair inside and a pair outside. So we always have one available, but you want to do, you want to protect yourself from the elements as much as you can. And really for me, it's all about the sun. Um, skin cancer is a real thing and sun damage is a real thing. And you just want to kind of stay on top of it. So protecting your head and your face is really big and everything else is like long sleeve shirts and stuff. If you, if you're going to be out for a long time, that's a good thing to do too. And another thing that's good is drying racks for herbs. I don't use drying racks a lot, but I'm thinking about switching over to one just to keep everything a little bit more organized. And you can get like a hanging drying rack that's got multiple clips on it. So you can hang up um, all your herbs in a, in a specific order. Because, I mean, herbs are, for me, it's an important part of a garden. It's instant success. It's not a lot. Of, it's not a whole lot of work, so it's important. And then to be able to kind of finish that process and dry it to save it even longer, because to me that's the first step in preserving food is drying herbs. It's easy to do. So you get a little seven, eight dollar rack, and you can hang, and uh, it hangs from your ceiling. I have a walk-in pantry, which it's kind of walk-in. It's not huge, but sounds fancy. And then you can hang that in there, and then dry all your herbs in the uh in the dark so they don't continue to grow <clears throat> excuse me so they don't continue to grow anymore or get you know you want to keep that freshness as much as possible and then the last thing is decorations make your gardens pretty you know it's your space it's it's in like an outdoor room so spruce it up a little bit, you know, plant some extra flowers or whatever, but don't be afraid to put a sign up in your garden. You know, they got a lot of really cool vintage looking signs and stuff like that. And, you know, if you have like a potting station with a shed close by, you can put something up there, just kind of spruce it up a little bit. It's always fun for a gardener. You might not even as a gardener, you might not think you want it, but once you get it, I bet you'll be kind of happy about it a good gift for somebody. And the other thing are gnomes. They're kind of creepy in my mind, but there is a reasoning behind getting gnomes for your garden. It's not just from the Looney Tunes cartoons and old movies and stuff like that. They are actually there to protect your garden. And they're the little guys with the tall red hats and all that. But if you put them in your garden they're believed to protect evil so it's just kind of like a fun little thing you can do you can put and they got all kinds of them i saw one earlier of a uh, of a gnome sticking up his middle fingers and then i saw another one that had a gnome with a machine gun on his hand 
was pretty funny. Uh, just kind of getting all the, uh, the insects and the, the rodents and stuff out of your gardens. Um, it's just, it's a cool little thing to do. And, but like I said, they are a little creepy. Um, I don't know if I would go out and buy one myself, but if somebody gave me one, I would definitely put it in my garden. So, you know, just these little decorations and stuff like that you can put into your garden can really help you with your space and it can help you kind of spruce it up and, you know, give a little splash of color, you know? So, and I, I personally am a big fan of like vintage looking signs. Uh, I used to watch, what was that show? American Pickers. And that was my favorite thing they would get is all the old uh, oil signs and stuff like that. And I, I was looking on Amazon earlier and I saw for like farmer's markets and all that stuff. It's just kind of cool because, I mean, once you start producing a lot of food out of your garden, it kind of is like your own personal farmer's market. The only difference is you don't have to pay to get your vegetables out. You just got to go grab them. That's a, uh, that's a cool gift to get. So those are just some ideas for you to kind of for your loved ones or yourself that are into gardening and to kind of help you in the Christmas season. Um, I hope it helps you and I hope you guys kind of find something that will keep you interested. Not, I don't want to say keep you interested, but keep your gardening itch satisfied throughout the winter and then help you throughout the summer to be able to grow and to be able to grow and be more productive inside of your gardens. And for our recipe for today, we are going to talk about something that will keep your house nice and warm as you cook your food. It's a broccoli and cheese baked potato casserole. So it's, you know, depending on how much cheese you put on, it's not the healthiest meal. But when your house is cold and you fire up your oven and you cook for a while, it uh, it's a nice nice dish to to make <clears throat> and this recipe will serve four and it takes about an hour to make so not too long um, you're gonna need two pounds of potatoes uh, two tablespoons of oil if you decide to use it salt and pepper and then a 15 ounce bag of broccoli or if you wanted um, use broccoli out of your own garden. It comes up to be about three and a half cups of uh, the florets chopped and then a red bell pepper, about a teaspoon of, th of thyme, uh, two tablespoons of butter if you choose to do so, two cups of sh uh, sharp cheddar cheese or cheese of your choice really, and then fresh parsley for garnish. And I would use, um, instead of using cheddar cheese, I'd probably use like a smoked Gouda if I felt like being a little fancy. But, I mean, I like cheddar cheese too. But depending on how much cheese you put in, if you want to cut down a little bit, you can do that. And then um, that kind of help you save on some of the, uh, the nutrition aspect of it. But you just get a 9 by 13 um, pan and, or not a pan, I'm sorry, a casserole dish. And you add the chopped potatoes and then you drizzle it with the olive oil, salt and pepper. And then you add in the broccoli, chopped pepper and sprinkle with the uh, seasonings and then top with the slices of butter. And then you bake it for about 
50 minutes at 375. And the key is to make sure that the, the potatoes are nice and tender. Um, I cooked something one time and we pulled it out and ate it and the potatoes weren't cooked and it was awful. So, and then after the 40 or after about the 50 minute mark, pull it out, add the cheese on top, and then you just bake it until it's melted the way you want it. So me personally, it's, I like my cheese burnt and I will put that on there and kind of cook it a little bit longer. And if it's taken a long time, sometimes we'll top it off with the uh, broiler. So that's a good way to uh, get it a little darker if that's how you like it. But that's a good little meal to kind of warm up your house and keep you nice and warm and fill your tummy on these cold days. (coughs) So thank you again for everybody who listens to our podcast and follows us on Instagram and Facebook and kind of participates. Uh, We really do appreciate it. And remember, if you want to enter our contest, just go to our website, backyardgardensthemovie.com and sign up for the emails and you will automatically be entered to win the um, spring starter seed pack provided by San Diego Seed Company. Uh, We really appreciate it. We look forward to um, hearing from you and seeing you. And until next time, you guys have a good day and a Merry Christmas season. And we'll try and get another one out just before Christmas. So uh, y'all have a good day and we'll talk to you soon. Cut. So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. It's Backyard Gardens, the movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, backyardgardensthemovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people. Because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 